now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series, Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys. Three guys watching their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. mostly. Oh, hi, I'm hey, Corey Gavin. I'm John Sieber. And I'm Kevin James Doyle. We're, we're very excited. We're very excited. We want to introduce our guest. Everyone, please welcome writer for the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Matt Whitaker. Hello. Hey, Matt. Hey, hey, Matt. Thanks, thanks for, for joining us. us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, we were having a beautiful conversation about bottled water before this. Yes. <laughs> it was very exciting. Um, so did you, uh, what was your first experience with Sex and the City? How did you discover Sex and the City? My first experience with Sex and the City was, I think I was 12 okay. years old. Um, my sister had foot surgery over a summer. Um, and I was not doing anything that summer because, um, I believe camp is bullshit. <laughs> um, and so she was bedridden and needed ice packs changed on her foot. Um, and I took that upon myself. Um, and I think to the outside world that looked very sort of heroic of me as a brother. Um, but in fact, it was mostly just because she was uh, watching the entire DVD set of Sex and the City, um, all the seasons that existed up until then. Um, and all I wanted to do was watch oh, that's every episode with her. That's how old were you how old were you guys again at this point? I was twelve, she was sixteen. Okay. okay. And where were you living? Uh we were living on the Upper West Side. Okay. Oh my god. Oh, you're are you, are you, from you, the yeah. Upper West Side? Yeah, from the Upper West Born Side. Born and raised in New York. Born and raised there. Wow. Where on the Upper um, West Side? Uh seventy fourth and West End. Okay. That's so New York. That's so New York. Very New York. That's also kind of Seinfeld, New York, sort of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Seinfeld slightly more uptown, but more Seinfeld, New York than Sex in the City, New York. Right. I would mm -hmm. say. Well, you know, but, there's there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I grew up in New York, and then you find out they're like, yeah, I'm from Yonkers. It's like, but you're you're like peak New York. I suppose so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, watching Sex in the City. Was it cool living here? And was that uh, even at 12? Was that a thing that was like, oh my gosh, this is about my town? Um, a little bit. I think that um, it was, I think 9 11 had already happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it was very nice to see something that was set in New York, yeah. but mm -hmm. um, was just, you know, Joyful, mm -hmm. celebrating the city, not being too grim about it. Yeah. No. Um, so uh, loved it for that reason. But it kind of did not resemble the New York City that I was familiar with. As a 12-year-old? Uh, yeah. Um, so You were partying still, at Balzac at uh, 12 years old? I was not. No. Um, Could you just not get into Balzac? Because that was the issue. I, I didn't have any any uh, tampons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's this crazy episode where they go to the ethical culture school. And they do <laughs> <laughs> 68th in Columbus. Yeah. yeah. And they, it's insane. They, they <laughs> um, had sex with all the teachers. But I do think, so I was not aware of my sexuality but i was uh you know deeply in the closet 
I think. Uh And it was just a show that I really wanted to be watching. And Mm -hmm. this gave me an excuse to watch it um, with my sister. When did you, how many episodes did you watch that summer? um, I watched, I think definitely the first and second seasons. Um, I think that I missed half of the third season because I had to do a week of tennis camp, just, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> raging at tennis camp. And yeah, you watch sex. And yeah, exactly. Every time you serve, exactly. <laughs> like, no, there's there are weddings going on. Um, uh, but it was a very, I think, sort of special moment mm. between me and my sister. Yeah, That's so cool. That's really cool. Do you all still watch Sex and the City together? Do you guys? Get we together? do. Um, I mean, yeah, we don't really have. Sex and the City dates, mm-hmm. but I would say we talk about it sure. a lot. Um, she has a real um, encyclopedic knowledge of it. Actually, I should say Talmudic because um, she refers to it as the Bible often. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, if I'm ever having um, dating issues or uh, I was once going through a breakup and she just sort of downloaded everything I was telling her and then pointed to the specific episode of sex in the city i needed to watch to make sense of it and yes. get over it was it helpful um it's very helpful <laughs> oh, do amazing. you remember the episode it was in season four so. okay we've had a lot of people bring remember. up season four which i'm excited to get to it which will be months from now mm-hmm. but season four seems like it's a pretty good season of sex in the city yeah i mean i i binged those two seasons um otherwise watched most of them as they came out yeah um so i'm curious to track your um our journey through <laughs> sex in the city because the show changes so much yeah. yeah season to season um and movie to movie um <laughs> so i definitely think uh it ends up you know tonally completely different yeah did uh so. sex in the city help shape your career and what you want to do professionally um i think it shaped my love of television mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, probably I think it is so iconic in the, you know, characters that it develops and, you know, with four people, there is no shortage of, you know, combinations of relationships and, um, you know, dynamic stories that can be told. Um, I don't think, I don't think I find the show funny. Mm -hmm. I don't think... I laugh when I watch it. I don't know mm-hmm. that I ever have. Um, so definitely not something I draw on for, sure. you know, my job at Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or yeah. other um, comedy specific endeavors. The, what, what would you say is the strength? What would you say is like the strength of the show of why, why you connected with it so much and why so many people connect with it? Like why, why, why are people still like, why are we doing a podcast about it? Yeah. yeah. And why are you listening? <laughs> why? No. Um, I think it is so... Okay. On the one hand, it's so specific to a certain time and place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is sort of dated um, when it comes to its setting and the type of lifestyle in New York City that it portrays. Um, in a very sort of indulgent fashion that's was very exciting at the time is still very exciting to revisit. 
Um, but I also think that it gets to um, the truth of a lot of different types of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, it's very universal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think, you know, as whenever we on our show write dating stories, I can almost always find a version of sure. that dating story yeah. within yeah. Sex and the City. That's one thing I was going to ask is it seems like I know from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that I've seen, like you have your main cast of characters, but as any, I feel like this is a lot of like Tina Fey vehicles. Like they, they do such a good job of writing like weird, crazy side characters, you know, or mm -hmm. like people that are like some guy at a shop or someone on mm -hmm. a bench or something like that. And those kind of characters also pop up in Sex in the City. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you ever see any sort of like similarities between that at all. I know you said you don't really draw on it because like one is intentionally funny and the other one, even though Sex and the City was made a comedy it's yeah. not a comedy in the same way no the comedy's no, changed mean, so much in 20 years mm -hmm. yeah a very different type of comedy um i think it's not exactly the same um but hmm. i just uh, love to imagine tina fey being like let's think about what carrie would do here. <laughs> <laughs> um no but i mean also i think uh Kimmy Schmidt started as a show that was going to be more about two people. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's focused on its, you know, title protagonist. Um, I think they also wanted it to be a buddy comedy about Kimmy and Titus. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, it has become also about this four person unit um, with uh, Jacqueline and Lillian as well. And I do think that um, shows are so satisfying and complete when you have four mm. central characters. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think, you know, we think about who's the Carrie, who's the Samantha, who's the Charlotte, who's right. the Miranda. But I do think that, you know, it's no mistake that so many iconic TV series have, have four, four people, people um, at the center. And I think Sex and the City was probably yeah. as good, if not better than... All of those at yeah. really building those four. Mm -hmm. Even speaking of, sorry. What, what well, was I it? was just gonna say, even like thinking of the satisfaction of four characters. I, we used to go to the library when I was a kid, and we would like rent "I Love Lucy." Mm -hmm. That was, and I watched like a hundred episodes of that all the time. Yeah, and there was something that was like. Fred and Ethel and Lucy and Desi together when all four of them, I remember some scenes like that and it was like, right. Lucy and Desi was always the same joke of like, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And you're on this. But when they were all four together there, I just remember some of those scenes being so great, like older couple, younger couple. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There was just so many dynamics. So and yeah. it's also my favorite in, in sex and the city. Like when, I, I, all the characters are written really well and I like all the characters, but when they're all four together sitting around yeah, the those... table, it's just so fun. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. It's, and, um, I, whenever I'm in a setting of four people, I always, at some point I'm in my head trying to do the math of you know, <laughs> who here is the Carrie, who here is the Samantha, you know, even at Mount Rushmore. I yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I was like, okay, so Washington, Carrie, yeah, <laughs> Jefferson, 
I feel like Charlotte probably has a lot of racists in her family. So <laughs> let's put her there. Okay. Lincoln, the Miranda. Totally yeah, the Miranda. Totally. <laughs> Freed the slaves. Totally the Miranda. And then Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, has <laughs> some a... Samantha Jones <laughs> oh, in for sure. Oh, my God. All those hunting you, trips. For yeah. that sound bite. That is amazing. Like, That's incredible. Uh, speaking know. of number so four, it, it, the WhatsApp, uh, the title of this episode, it has to do with the number four. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Four Women and a Funeral. Four Women and a Funeral. Which I'm assuming came out after the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah title yeah. ripped from the movie headlines. And I think I can guess who the four women are. <laughs> Ooh, but who dies? Is this the last they time? Mur- they murder Stanford. <laughs> murder Stanford Blatch in a blood pact. Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, this is for that. Do you know who the funeral is about? Um, yeah, I think it's doesn't just, really matter. It's just a random. Okay. Yeah, it's Laney. It's Laney, the woman that moved <laughs> upstate to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, the wild girl. She died. All right, should we go watch it? Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. Awesome. We'll see you uh, after the episode. Bye. Episode seventeen: Four women and a funeral. Carrie starts seeing Mister Big again. Miranda buys her own apartment on the Upper West Side, and Charlotte meets a recent widower at a cemetery. Samantha's actions with a married man get her into trouble with the New York High Society Ladies Who Lunch, and only a Titanic-sized star can help her out. And now, back to the boys. Four women and a funeral. That one's in the bag. We finished it. It's done. Wrap Let's, it up. And Let's it was go. it was another. It was it's another. in a body bag. That entire episode. <laughs> oh, no, welcome back, everybody. We, we just, just got finished back. the episode. Four women and the funeral. Uh, yeah, a lot to unpack. Not as sad as I thought. The, no. the the funeral was about ha- Javier. 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 34-year-old designer that died. Fashion designer. Do we know how he died? Substance abuse. They say heroin. Heroin overdose. Yeah. So the opioid crisis had started at that point. Yeah. I mean, it. also, I got to say, as a gay man from a mixed race family, it feels like this show does not have many people of color on the show. And then they reference this Cuban designer... You know who might be a homosexual, and it's like the only it's it's <laughs> they frivolous frivolously talk about his substance abuse. I know. Well, that's why when right when that came on because the last episode we talked about that because uh, there was a Pakistani, Pakistani bus, bus boy. boy that they just used as like a cheap joke, and we we're talking about how. So when this happened, they showed the funeral, and it was like Javier, and I just nudged Corey. I'm like, look, there's diversity. It's like the saddest. <laughs> No, and no, it's no. like step it up yeah it's like yeah he didn't even get a line it's just him it's just oh, his picture not. in the paper yeah it's his obituary did yeah. they say heroin yes okay i believe they said heroin um and then they cut to his funeral which is i don't know i mean he's supposed to be this you know top designer mm-hmm. and those were some busted looks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're saying everyone here is wearing a Javier. I'm so embarrassed to not be wearing a Javier. And it looks like, I don't know. All he, 14 people. Whoa. Also, did you see the person that was completely painted up like Joker style, like a I clown? Know, I know. Someone had white face and green hair and red lips, like, yeah. a, a, like a Heath Ledger Joker. Oh yeah, apparently Javier, you know, designed the outfits <laughs> for... Gotham in <laughs> 1995's Batman Forever. Um, yeah, that was uh, so. That was the that was the main funeral, and then Charlotte met a guy mm-hmm. at that cemetery because because the Javier hat 
blew her. Off. Yeah, she yeah. borrowed Samantha's Javier hat and then it blew off and into I, a grave. She's the only one who's not dressed like Chris Kattan in <laughs> Night of the Roxbury. <laughs> so she's embarrassed. She yeah. needs Samantha's Javier hat. And also, th- also, Samantha is jealous of Carrie for getting a plus one to this funeral. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that. That how was Samantha planning? I don't know if you get plus one's funeral. Yeah. How was Samantha planning on going? Was she just going to crash it? Um, I mean, Samantha seems had her own invite, mm. but then Carrie invites Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, yeah. Best. Uh, let's just go around. Best then, funeral you've ever been to. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Uh, hard. Hard to choose. I a lot of good ones. A lot of good funerals. I'd say my top talent is. Giving eulogies, really, really, yeah. is that true? Because I, when I was, when I was introduced to you via someone I work with, I was told that you gave a very good wedding speech for your sister, and it involved Sex in the City. It did, it did, yes, yeah. Um, which I think is why I was led to you, <laughs> which is why you were led to me through first a text message through your sister, and yeah. then an email between the two of us. Yeah, I had many references to Sex in the City. Although, then he submitted your speech. We went over it, and said, <laughs> we'll have him on. <laughs> I actually had earlier drafts that were, you know. Much more sex in the city. Really? really, my first idea was to do just a Carrie Bradshaw style column about oh, my sister's sure. marriage, and then I realized that would be a little alienating too. <laughs> I couldn't. What was your? I couldn't help but wonder. People, um, do you remember? I think I did have a. I couldn't help but wonder somewhere in the speech, but just sort of about my childhood, imagining my, you know, sister's future boyfriends and. Husband, um, hopefully singular husband. Hopefully. <laughs> well, wait. So, but you're really you. Have you given multiple eulogies? I have. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. Huh. I will. I'll make you remember. I'll make you cry. I'll make you laugh. Laugh. You it's, get a. F- it, it's not about death. It's about life. It's, are you good? You go. Are you, you good at landing the plane and like doing like the the funny stuff and then and then landing it and like you know, you you hit all the notes. I think I think that is again the thing I'm I'm most confident <laughs> in my skills. About. That's great. I'm always I always go too serious. And I think afterward people are like I one of my best friends got married a couple of years ago and our other friend right before me gave a toast and he went all funny and I was like, "Ah, oh, shoot." And I could go funny, but then I had lived with the friend for like four years. So I went more heartstrings for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, that was mm-hmm. great. But someone was like, uh, someone went funny. So you had to go serious. Yeah. I had to like read the tone and go down. Well, that's yeah. what, that's what happened is right before Javier's sister went on, someone was funny. So she had to be super serious. Be like, <laughs> Give it to Javier house. Yeah. yeah and then exactly. take off her jacket, <laughs> which also <laughs> didn't Samantha comment that like, apparently his sister was like didn't it was not it was like super busted and they like made her look really good yeah, for the yeah, funeral yeah. right right gave um, her some sort of crazy makeover yeah um but very much a donatella versace character right? yeah the, okay what are the other plots we're we're missing charlotte, charlotte meets it. the guy yeah, John yeah everything, right. everything kind of had to do with mortality uh specifically probably relationships dying um and and being revived and being revived and uh playing with death and um Choking on takeout. You have Miranda mm-hmm. who who uh, buys an apartment by or by herself. Uh, she gets some pushback from the mortgage company who they 
they are very rude to her and assume that she's either inheriting daddy's money or, you know, is not a single woman purchasing an apartment. And so she kind of gets worried after meeting her neighbor that she might die alone and her cat might eat her. Um, eat her face. Eat her face. Charlotte meets uh, a gentleman, Ned, at the funeral who she starts dating. And uh, eventually she finds out that he's been dating multiple women to help get over his ex-wife. Not ex-wife, dead wife, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Widow. Uh, widow. Widower. He's widower. a widower. He's yeah. a widower. And uh, and then lastly, Carrie tries to uh, revive the big relationship. I think that's yeah. like the main yeah. story point pushing everything forward is that she, out of the blue kind of, went called Dodd Big back up because uh, she was sad and put a, put a date on the Burkett. Well, and Samantha is going to make a bunch of money for the Javier, Javier house. And then she kisses the vice president of Bear Stearns. That guy's wife walks in and then Samantha is then banished from high society. Yeah. 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 Her social life is, is, is dead. dead. Yeah. And, and one of like, go ahead. Um, no, 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 go ahead. You start. I mean, I want to talk about the Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> what the what was what? what? I, well, was like, that? Should we? I guess we can get to that now. That's like at the end of the episode. Yeah, let's cover it now because it made no sense. Yeah, I don't understand why they kept. So, someone explain what happened, Matt. Do you want to explain what happened? Um. So Samantha is, uh, at the funeral. They announced that they're setting up this foundation for, you know, substance abuse victims and. Uh, um, Samantha decides that she's going to take over PR for the foundation mm. and in meeting with, you know, some high society Bear Stearns executive, um, she, uh, makes out with him mm-hmm. during their meeting. Um, time's up on both of them in this particular <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Truly. Just yeah. Disgusting. Abuse of power on either side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and his, uh, as you mentioned, his wife walks in. Um, blacklists her. And so it's kind of, there are all these different beats of them being kicked out of a restaurant mm. um, where they say your card and you are not welcome here, but they've already eaten the yeah. meal. So they yeah. just got a pretty great. The yeah. four ladies just got a free meal. Yeah. Right? They basically yeah. like dine and dashed, yeah. on, but it was on the restaurant. Right. Exactly. right. Yeah. You charge the card <laughs> and then kick them. Anyway. Um, uh, and then, you know, all these other events that she's kicked out of, and so at the end of the day, she's doing construction work for... She's building the Javier house. Yeah. And then Leonardo DiCaprio, the silhouette of Leonardo DiCaprio, which looks nothing like not his, his right. frame. That's why I was so confused. Um, just reaches out his hand to her and it says that her you know, status is revived overnight. And they, they call it out by calling him, you know, Leonardo Ex Machina. What, like, what does that even mean? But, I mean, it is... It, de- the, Deus Ex Machina is just when, like, an event... It's like the the fucking eagles in Lord of the Rings. It's like they... Yeah. They just save yeah. the day without any... Yeah. So, right. I mean, it means, it means like, God on a machine. Yeah, and, right. Isn't and, it, it's known as, like, a shitty plot device. Yes, very shitty plot device, very lazy, just sort of one thing that, <laughs> you know... Solves your problem. The J.R. Tolkien family is so pissed hearing <laughs> this right now. Okay. Um, but this is a particularly sloppy version of um, 
I don't know. It's just it's, when it's I watch really I, bad television so, writing in that particular moment. Well, it does. It does. Does that mean that he, Leonardo DiCaprio, was, was it, also part of the foundation? And it was really him. I was thinking she was just calling the guy Leonardo DiCaprio. No. But that, that was wasn't actually... who the actor was, right? Yeah, it didn't I, look anything not. like him. It was weird, and then it like faded to white. And it was just really, it was really bizarre for the TV, for the show. I Did, think. Yeah, does that I, seem like a thing where that like someone wrote it in there in the writers' room, and then they were like, "We got to try to get him," and then like a week before, they were like, "His agent won't do it," and he, like, "There's no way it's going to happen." Of course, he wouldn't that's... do it. This is two years after he was in the biggest yeah, film yeah, of yeah. all time. Um, <laughs> I like... think that's that's totally possible i think also maybe they they're they had too high a page count or you know they were sort of like running tight on time and just punted some scenes yeah. that originally were going to wrap up the story i don't know but um it really is not a satisfying conclusion no, it's it, so confusing it was so confusing and it was it was easily there are moments that i've seen him like swing and miss yeah but that was like easily the worst the funniest worst moment i've seen on the show of being like i don't know what it was just confusing yeah i feel like if you're gonna do that because i can't think of an example but i feel like i've seen shows do a thing like that almost where the show knows like this isn't working so we're gonna comically like right like you can't see the silhouette at all we're yeah. just saying, or you like get a shot of the back of someone's head and he's like, hi, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. But this was like, they didn't obscure the silhouette enough. So you're like, that's clearly not him. And then also it was like, why is this even happening? It, it was just so many things wrong with it. Yeah. Also the other stories in this episode, I think, you know, arrive at a more real place than they start. Yeah. Except for that one. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and I really, I really liked that story until the end. I like. I, I liked uh, when she was with uh, what's the Shippy 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 Shipman Shippy Shipman Shippy Shipman. Which sounds like the internet naming a boat in like a foreign. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> Shippy Shipman. That's but. on the that's on the internet boat generator yeah, boat exactly. name generator. Yeah. Mm. Shippy McShip faced. Um, but I really liked the scene between Samantha and Shippy, where you know she was she was begging essentially for her social status back and uh the woman was like, what do you want i'll beg and then eventually samantha was like what do you do you want me to just say i'm a whore what will it take mm -hmm. and the woman eventually says you know no but got, yeah derived a little pleasure from that and then samantha just spikes her back down talking about how she does remember cheating with that uh yeah. woman's husband and i thought that was a fun scene yeah and yeah, yeah it arrives at samantha announcing to this woman i'm a big whore right in an empowering way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that I think is, you know, uh, great and kind of historic about this series is yeah. that you have a moment like that where mm. she's sort of taking ownership of yeah. behavior that other people deem unacceptable. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though it doesn't actually solve her problem, it's mm -hmm. not Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, <laughs> it is, I think, like an important proud moment for samantha right i think it's i i will say i like samantha's character less in this in that context but it, i think it was more real that it's like that it was interesting that she owns like yeah like married men like that's if they want to do it i'm i'm there too like right. it seems like the more quote correct way to write her is like she has a line that's like i'm like i'm pretty open but not with married men and instead it's like Oh, she she's like 
been out there with a lot of uh, these these ladies' husbands, you right, know? Right, right, right. So I guess I was working through that as I was watching. I was like, oh, man, I don't like that she does that. But also, kind of makes sense for yeah. a character. And it's also just, you know, boils down to women hating this woman for inappropriate behavior and you know you don't see the consequences for for the men for the men um, that's what I, even when he looked even when he like looked at his wife he was like oops like, yeah. well, and like, when, like a shitty smiling like, yeah yeah and when she described him she was like you know like headed bear stern she was like playboy so i was mm-hmm. like oh i thought this guy was just like an older rich guy that just hit on younger yeah. women mm-hmm. but then they didn't say anything about him being married and yeah it was just kind of like it was known that he just did this yeah. and what's more offensive than than what he did to his wife is that just a few years after this, they will take on debt <laughs> that destroyed this economy. And Bear Stearns doesn't exist anymore. I, I think it, I believe it does not. Yeah, I think I it went under with the. It does. With what, the who else went under? Le, uh, Le, Lehman Brothers. Lehman, Lehman Brothers. Because listen to this. When I'm this 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 has to do with investment banking. When I moved when I moved to New York, I the very first job that I got was just you were a day trader <laughs> i was a day trader <laughs> no i got on law on craigslist and i looked for a job and i got a i did like a phone interview and then i was hired to work in an executive dining room and then i had my first day was on september 11th 2008 and they called me um like before my shift i like they called me like, don't come into work. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked and I was supposed to work in the Lehman Brothers executive dining room. And September 11, 2008 is when the economy crashed. And that's when Lehman Brothers like exploded and was over. Dude, that's yeah. because you didn't feed them. They it's were so because- angry. And they're like, do you know what we're going to do? The blood yeah. sugar was yeah. low. I know. But it was it's You're like responsible. in this old journal of mine that says like Lehman Brothers dining room. And I was like, I had no idea what that was, but. It's your fault. It was my fault. And I was supposed to be serving them meat and potatoes. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, with that, um, <laughs> the no consequences for man, I think there is an undercurrent that exists throughout the series in most episodes and something that I always appreciate, which is just men are bastards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that also comes out loud and clear in the Charlotte story. Oh, yeah. 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 The the Charlotte story, like the way it wrapped up, it was like, oh man, yeah. this guy, because they paint him as like kind of a sweet guy. You don't know how long his wife has been dead. Right. Well, he and still has pictures of her. He's got pictures of her. So and and the not. first thing when he opens his wallet to pay, yeah, right. her right. picture's there too. Yeah. So yeah. you think that he's very attached still. Yeah. But al- but ultimately he's playing all these women, you know. Was he trying to have a threesome? It, I don't know. I mean, if not, that's very... Sloppy, because I feel um, like the move for that would have been like, well, wh- who are you? Right. Like I thought he was. Gonna, instead, he's like smiling, like this has worked before. Right. Well, he couldn't really do that because they all brought lilies. They all had the same flowers. Yeah. So. There is a weird thing that happens in this show where anytime, and maybe it's more of a man thing, but whenever any of the men are caught, they just sort of smile, <laughs> like dude in the Hamptons. That yeah. so episode like two, the guy in the Hamptons that walks out. Carrie wakes up and the guy's like standing there with in just a t-shirt with his dong hanging out. Oh yeah. yeah. So that guy just kind of smiles. Peppermill about Dick. It. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recall. Oh yeah, him. <laughs> like him. Um, there's another one. Like anytime. Oh, the guy who Charlotte, like, he keeps wanting 
Charlotte to go down on him and she's like not into it. Can and you at least lick my balls? He's like, can you at least lick my balls? <laughs> and then like that. So like there's so many, there's a trend of like guys getting caught and being like, what do you gotta do? Right, right. And it just doesn't really wrap up well. I don't feel like it's just kind of like, oh, they, yeah, that guy sucks. There's not a lot of resolution. There. Yeah. I think they become better as the series goes on of Steve will save us. Of, yeah, of creating sort of multi dimensional men um, who have, you know, good in them. But I also don't mind just letting it be yeah. the story of these women who right. are yeah. know, more complex. As I, I do unit. think even when the men end up being like that, the complexity of the female characters like stays. Right. Like Charlotte's like, oh my gosh. And then like runs off and you kind of see the arc she's gone down or whatever. I do think I do think there was so many and her friends warned her, but so many red flags to the guy that's like. The funny that she, that Charlotte bought into that of being like he's really great, like he really cares, and it's like, no, Miranda said you're a rebound. She's probably correct. Mm-hmm. I forget what Carrie's advice to her was, but it was definitely like, there's very few situations, unless like two weeks in, he's like, oh my gosh, this is the connection of a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what Charlotte thought, but which makes it more sad at the well, end. Charlotte's but. just so motivated by emotions, and as soon as that guy was able to like have emotions and cry, yeah. she was like super, super hooked. Yeah, just right. feel, Yeah, that would be so weird though if someone like if someone cries and you're like, oh wow, they're clearly having a moment about their dead spouse, you know. But then that leads to a a makeout twenty seconds later. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could just be like, yeah, that's emotion. But the fact that Charlotte was like, got him. Grief is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac. There you go. It's like, <laughs> it's like eating an oyster with your heart. Yeah. Do you remember though back like in, I guess it's very difficult to find super intense situations to meet people now. Like that's, that's what like high school or like camp or those things where you were just like immediately bonded to it or like a long bus trip or something. So I feel like I could, I could see there's, that was like her, her, deep dive into like skipping all the all the like dating things and then just getting to like have a real connection with the person i yeah. know i'm justifying it for charlotte <laughs> he I, was like, like, Char- I like chris davis like, Leave me like he like he was all he was nothing but a pile of emotions and that's like really what gets her going mm-hmm. yeah that's true i just feel bad for because you know we we all saw that from the beginning. It's like this isn't gonna work. Yeah, well, I, I know who's the Charlotte in this foursome. <laughs> <laughs> I, are, are you're slowly you're slowly dissecting all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear what, what what you have so far. Uh, I'll uh, perhaps I'll announce it at the end. Oh my god, <laughs> we're still getting to know each other. I love oh, this. man. Yeah. I am I am very excited for this episode to be over. I usually don't say <laughs> that. Um, I I think Nervous. we we talk about this most episodes. We talk about like the most New York and least New York things in the episode. Mm. And I feel like this happens, this is happening more, at least in this season. It feels like they're like getting to know New York a little better. Maybe yeah. it's a budgetary thing. Yeah. But like they did the the thing where uh, she, where Charlotte talks about dating this guy, they're in the Poets Walk in Central Park, which mm-hmm. is like the, the, oh, yeah. the gravel road that goes up to the band shell. They're yeah, there, the, which uh, is like a very. Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big, big, <laughs> big daddy. The Kramer versus yeah, Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Is it in Big Daddy too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. But yeah, that's like a. Very... <laughs> oh, trust me. It's on the Sex and the City walking tour that I. Oh, there you go. The one that you we... Kramer versus Kramer's original title was also Big Daddy. Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but there's 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 that. I think 
when Miranda gets her apartment and then she meets her elderly neighbor and the elderly mm-hmm. neighbor is like a young person here. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, somebody died in there. That is actually very New York that Super someone York. died in an apartment. And yes. you have your neighbor just come out and start telling you about that. There is, there's, yes. yeah, totally. Like how there, come every neighbor in New York has zero filter <laughs> into what they're trying to like, say? That's totally true. People will just say just, things yeah. about people being sick or dead in apartments or whatever. Yeah. That totally. that woman has been like staring out her peephole for, oh, yeah. <laughs> for months waiting for this person to move in just totally, so she yeah. can pounce and be just like, a ghost lives and she probably there. knew her neighbor died and didn't do anything about it. Oh, she yeah. just wanted to have, make it She ate half of <laughs> She was the cat. And yeah. I like in that scene, there's like just this super old guy carrying groceries down the, the stairs. The oldest so, dude yeah. just like walking down the stairs <laughs> so slow. Dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. That, that was very, very New York. That was very New York. Yeah, that was very. New York. There were a lot. There are a lot of things in it that are starting to feel more authentically New York. I think. Yeah, I've heard. I'm. You mentioned budget. I heard that their budget just blew up between seasons one and two. Really, and it just kind of transformed everything for them. Yeah. Do you have a favorite um, New York apartment that you've lived in? A favorite? Or is it your current Ooh. one? Um, I lived, uh, in a place in, um, Borum Hill that I particularly loved. Mm, um, beautiful neighborhood. Beautiful neighborhood. Um, but I have zigzagged between New York city and LA, uh-huh. uh, four times in the last five years. Oh, so wow. I have not been in any one place for too long. Um, but actually there's a line in this that actually I thought was a very true thing. Uh, and it's in reference to Javier's fashion becoming mm-hmm. um, more valuable now that he's dead. But Carrie says something along the lines of, um, you know, in New York, uh, everyone likes you more when you're not around. Mm-hmm. And I oh, have man. found in moving back and forth, uh-huh. whenever I'm not living in New York and coming back to visit or even just away, um, people here are like, why haven't I seen you in so long? Yeah. And then I'm like, bitch, I was living yeah. there <laughs> and didn't see you for two yeah. years. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think that, that I think that's probably su- written by another bi-coastal TV writer <laughs> on their yeah. staff. Yeah. I think there is like a very specific, um, like loss of if someone's lived here for a while and then they, they move away. There's something that in other places like good luck and here. It's just like, the announcement of like I'm leaving and people just being like, oh no, mm-hmm. like yeah, it, it does have like a heaviness. But you you always come back. That's that's the yeah. I mean, my family's here, which will always yeah be an anchor. Um, but yeah, I've I've gotten over the concept of a farewell party or a welcome yeah, back party. Right. right. Like, well, you'll know. This time has been incredible, <laughs> and <laughs> um, um, I have on the Miranda. Um, story. Yeah. Um, Because I actually, I think about that episode quite a lot as someone who's lived by myself, Uh that there is just like such a, you know, joy of like the freedom that comes from living by yourself, but also like a constant awareness that, you know, you could faint or choke on something. Right. Um, And uh, I think that I often think of this episode when that happens and you know Miranda has a line about um uh you know not wanting to be discovered and forever being known as the woman who died watching bad tv yeah 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 um what show is she watching 
Hard, She's watching hard copy. Hard copy. Which hard copy? copy is that like twenty twenty? It's it was like that, but it's it's a little. I think it was a little trashier. I okay. want to say I think Bill O'Reilly was on Inside Edition. Was that the yeah, show he was, he was on, on? Inside Edition. But Fuck hard copy. Yeah, we'll do it. Live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I was Inside Edition. But hard copy was kind of a show like okay. that. It was like welcome to hard copy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. But honestly, I feel like I keep my apartment clean for that purpose. Oh, it's like, so I don't want anyone to, oh, we're now we just, looking uh, we're looking at the picture of hard copy. It's got a silver fox in a suit looking like he's ready to investigate if journalists the hell out It also looks like that Daddy. was made on Microsoft <laughs> Word. Like, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. That was really bad. Like they couldn't spring for anything more There's than Arial Donald font. Trump on hard copy right oh. there. I do feel like when I lived, when, when I was lived by myself and they would show my apartment because they were selling the building that mm-hmm. I was in, I would out of a weird point of almost like a weird point of pride and also maybe like a thing of being an adult, but feeling like a child, I would want to have the apartment like clean when they showed it, when they were like, we're bringing people by right. to show the place. Right. I would want them to walk in, even though I was like, you're buying my home out from under me. I would want to be like, yeah, the dishes are done. Yeah. And, and, or I would be like, Hey, uh, I'm not gonna have a lot of time to get ready for the people come yeah. by this place. Yeah. And I would always want to, I, whereas I had other friends that would be like, yeah, I like left the place to wreck because I was like, screw you, you're going to buy my apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wanted to be like, no, it, it, it looks nice. I'm an adult. Yeah, for me, my apartment is never cleaner than when there's the possibility of sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody judging my, my living space. But that, that Miranda storyline, I think it resonates with a lot of people. Um, uh, and I know that too because uh, a rabbi um, in my synagogue actually um cited that specific story in a high holiday sermon she was giving oh my gosh um that was all about you know loneliness or where are we in the universe um and she specifically was talking about that i didn't i didn't realize until we were watching it just then that this was that episode wait Um, shout out to shout out to rabbi I, I forget her name. What synagogue is it in? Junior rabbi. Listen, I will. Uh, Congregation Rodef Shalom um, in New York City. But it was, you know, I identified with it. My sister identified with it, but we were still a little bit like, come on, you're referencing, you're referencing Sex, Sex in the, in the City, city on yeah. Yom Kippur. <laughs> I want to spring for some gravitas. <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder when would Elijah show up? <laughs> I mean, listen, she was, she, she's looking to update that Talmud, you know, mm-hmm. just like, uh, that's right. Yeah. You know, my sister. <laughs> so Quoting it as the Bible. this goes along with that storyline and I wrote this, I wrote this down, but I do think it has to do with, you know, maybe even why it was referenced at like a congregation like maybe trying to be relevant and everything but the 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 term i hear a lot more now of just being like oh dying alone i is that do you know when you hear like a term that all of a sudden everyone yes. says but i'm it's like the that same happened thing, it's moist the same thing is people say moist it's people the same thing like, as people it, saying like dumpster fire yeah it's things that kind of like move through and i think internet helps this more. I, it does so i think but i think people are like oh i'm gonna die alone well people That's, started a few years ago saying like someone would say oh is, is that cake moist people are like oh moist grosses me out it's a gross word and i'm like it's not that is from something and then everyone said it yeah and people say like oh die alone and they said that in this episode, but I do feel like not 
only is that something that connects with, I mean, people are single later in life than more than ever. And I guess I'm wondering, um, if that's, that's where like, I'm going to die alone blew up from Mm. just saying the word like die alone is like way more normal to say. But then also I guess like, um, I don't know the, the thought of, the consequences of being the good part about the show, but then also the consequences of being like, everyone's fine. The whole thing, the show liberates all these characters, but then also they come back to being like that same fear that it feels like every human has. Yeah, no. And I think that that probably was a very important scene because um, as much as the show makes single life look really glamorous, this, you know, that story I think grounds it in a big way. And mm-hmm. I think there were so many women and men who moved to New York with this fantasy of sex in the city in mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And I am so sure that it was not that glamorous yeah. mm-hmm. or easy or affordable. Right. And I'm sure that that was in fact like a moment that they came back to and mm-hmm. understood a lot, yeah. you know, more deeply than, you know, being, rescued by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And right. she provides uh, information on how to do a self-Heimlich maneuver. She does. She runs fall, into a box. Fall yeah. in the corner of, uh, of something. Uh, yeah. Get that, what was it, uh, three delights Chinese food? Seven delights? <laughs> Seven something. delights. There's some like sort that. of delights. I do like that she loved, like, she thought that was going to be her dream. She was like, yes, this is my dream apartment. And then that that is the truth that it's like, you get your dream and then you're like, oh, shit. There's more to life. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that. I thought her, her, I'm going to choke acting was a little, yeah, I was, I thought that was going to joke. And then I was surprised by like the good heavy way they played that, that yeah. thing out. But when she was walking around, we were like, Whoa! I was just that like, was, yeah, I, like, I think it's gotta be friggin' one Tony awards. You gotta right. turn it on. Yeah. But I do feel like <laughs> it was like, be silent movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel. Chaplin. I do yeah. think if you're gonna play the choking acting for real, it's either got to be like she did it, or it's got to be like if you imagine like Philip Seymour Hoffman in some sort of like intense role where you're like sweating and drooling, like. Why and not it, bring Philip, man? Because he was a fantastic actor. He was. And if anyone was gonna act that choking scene well. It would have been. been him or Daniel Day Lewis. For this or, one scene, the part of Miranda will yeah. be played. <laughs> and they'd be like, that makes no sense. They're like, no, 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 we're going to have some random dude play Leo. It's going to be fine. This whole, <laughs> anyone can play anyone yeah. in this episode. It would be great. And that guy. Rules are out the window. And what's crazy is that was actually played by Meryl Streep. If yeah. you look in the IMDb credits, yeah. it was Meryl Streep. I, one thing I want to touch on quickly is that it didn't seem super huge, but like, Carrie and Big are back on. No, now. I yeah. think that's, that's, yeah. that's like the biggest thing huge. about the episode. That's very big. Yeah. And it big. It's very Mr. It's big. It's very Mr. Well, big. Left-handed bowler, too. Let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, he could he <laughs> can bowl, which, Kevin, you're left-handed. I am. And I made a comment. I was like, Mr. Big's le- a left-handed bowler. And I'm like, that means he's more creative. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, that it, it was pretty subtle, I think, the way that. They arrive, you know, at yeah, bringing it seems the two almost kind of like a not a not a huge deal. Yeah, it wasn't like there's some sweeping thing or right. anything. Well, is it that she's like observing some of the things around her and mortality and being like, oh shit, 
I just need to talk to that dude that I have that connection with, even though it's been six months. Probably. Um, I don't think that they sort of like point to that so much, but mm. I think that that's very true. I mean, there- I'm always most eager to get into a relationship right after a funeral. Yeah. Even if I've delivered a home run eulogy. I, I, one, one, um, one thing I will say but, from from not knowing you very well is like, it seems like you, you got a high funeral count in your life and you're always, you're always pleasing the crowds there. Yeah. But am I myself, please? Um, I no, I think, I, I, think, high standards. I think that, uh, no, often it's at a funeral that, mm-hmm. you know, you just get thinking about, you know, your life a lot more. And, uh, particularly if it's, you know, a family member or a close friend and, you know, you also, when you are single at a funeral, uh, witnessing couples at a funeral, it's, you know, I, I have many, many friends, but like, there's no one who's like job it is, whose you know, social responsibility it is to, be there with me yeah um and so i think you know for these single women at a funeral no matter how cartoonish they've made it Mm -hmm. um yeah it it seems to actually like spur them into Mm -hmm. action for Mm -hmm. for their various stories yeah i think i will say i i think the way they got back into it. She called him up and then they go do a fun date. And I was in an on off relationship for a while. Mm-hmm. It was never, never felt positive watching this. This f- seemed way more fun and cute. <laughs> um, but it was, it was nice. The, it was always like, uh, people's advice would be like, go do something fun. And so when they went bowling, I was like, that's way better than just going to drink. Go like, learn about the person. When, when you go bowling with an ex, it's more like the end of there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you guys aren't supposed to be in the lane, and one of you needs to put that pin down. I've Stop finished. hitting him, <laughs> my boy. Um, I need to see that movie. You haven't seen? Uh, you there never seen that? No, I'll watch it. I haven't seen weekend. so many movies, but I did see that. I only saw that one a couple of years ago. I'll check it out. There it's are these movie. little. There's like someone tweeted today. What was her name? Laura Hedding Hedinger. I don't know. She's she's the host of a new show out in St. Louis, and I. Don't don't have my phone on now. But she said like three dudes watching Sex in the City. And I will say our dudeness came out a lot today. One of our guests walked in earlier and saw us watching the NBA draft yeah. and like eating sandwiches. And then there will be blood got dropped. We're like, oh my gosh, it's the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are what we are. We are. <laughs> um, so the last thing that we do, and we, I'm sorry, we didn't give you any heads up, is we go around the circle and we rate uh, the episode from one to five Cosmos. Okay. Uh, five being the best episode of Sex in the City ever. One being uh, awful. Uh, Kevin, do you want to start this time? I will start. Right. Um, first of all, I just wanted to see if maybe we could try and get that lady from the apartment, the old lady from the apartment. If we could to. try and get her on the podcast. We have love to. to. Um, we just be- have to have her come out and just tell us some crazy shit that happened in here and then yeah. leave. <laughs> um, so... She's 300 years old. Yeah. She's very old. <laughs> yeah. And she will outlive all of us. Yes. I would say I really loved the episode before this. And I liked this one. I don't want to, I don't want to punish the Leonardo DiCaprio moment for the episode as a whole. Cause as a whole, I thought there was some really cool stuff. I just didn't feel as a TV episode, it stuck together quite like the past episode that just felt like great 
writing. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 because mm. I really enjoyed it. Um, the Carrie Big stuff, I feel like the show's been kind of cranking in a good way without Big. So I'm not super thrilled to have him back, but I liked how it came about. I liked, especially liked the Miranda stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there's a few like laughs, legit laughs and, yeah. and, and I liked it and I got a little time with each one of my gals. Yeah. I think, I think all the stories were, they had the same, the theme of death and, uh, but they were all different enough to make them all interesting. Like mm -hmm. they explored it in four very interesting ways. Uh, and I don't mind that Big's back. I missed Big actually. Uh, so good episode. Um, I am going to penalize for the Leonardo DiCaprio stuff. It was really bad, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go at a 3.0. Okay. It's a half point lower half 3.0 cosmos. Yeah. I, I think it was a good episode. I, I'm, I'm glad, even though we've heard from a lot of people that the show kind of like hits its stride later and seasons one and two, they, they throw out a lot of things like the two camera interviews and stuff. I do feel like season two is ramping up in a much better way than season one. And I feel like the episodes, just the writing is like fuller mm -hmm. in a way. And this one felt like that. I feel like the Leonardo DiCaprio thing was just really bad. And I also feel like their four storylines were complete, but they, I kind of agree with Kevin. They didn't seem as complete as the episode before this. And, uh, so I'm going to land on a 3.0. I'm, I'm glad that big is back as well. Yeah. And I also I, like I one thing, just how stupid and cheesy he is. He's like, uh, the, the, one like, of the greatest things was when she was like, Oh, you're making, alive. And then he just like, why? He yeah. just like turned and was like, uh. and then she was making out with him and you thought they were going to go in her room before they decided to go bowling. But his excuse was, he was like, I had box seats to a Yankees double header. It's yeah. like, of course he does. The only other thing he'd be like, I got a steak sandwich waiting yeah. for me. He's like such a, like hunk of meat guy. So I'm, I'm glad he's back yeah. and I feel like it's moving along. So I think a 3.0, I think it's a really solid episode. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a very, you know, good standard episode. Um, I do think the Leonardo DiCaprio moment is garbage. Um, but I do think that Miranda's storyline, I mean, it's, it's something that has stayed with me from the mm -hmm. time I was probably 12. Um, so I think that even, you know, as kind of terrible as her uh, choking acting is, um, I think that's iconic. So yeah, I would give it, um, I would give it, I'm going to splurge on four, four cosmos. Ooh. Wow. Fantastic. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Um, but I would certainly not give it above a three if not for yeah. Miranda's story. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for being here. Thank you so thank much. You, Matt. Thank you so can much we, for having Can me. we find you on social media anywhere? You can find me on social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram at mwitak, M-W-H-I-T-A-K, or on Twitter at Matt underscore Twitaker. Ooh. Um, uh, and, yeah. One thing um, I would like to ask, because we talked about this earlier, and you already raided Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. yeah. Would you assign us characters? Oh, yeah. So you said maybe you do that at the end. Would you do that? From sure. Spending a little bit of time with us. Sure. I think I know. Okay. I mean, Kevin, you identified so strongly <laughs> with Charlotte. 
in ways that I've I've never I've never heard <laughs> that many women um, come to her defense. Uh, so I think there's a Charlotte in our midst. I'm a Charlotte. Um, Corey, I think Carrie. Oh, oh I'm wow. seeing. Okay. I think you should get a little necklace. I, I will get one that says Corey. Corey, yeah. yeah. So, um, there's only two left. There's only two left. Um, I am a Miranda. I am always a Miranda. I think people are now saying, you know, I never I never realized that Miranda's kind of the cool one. Yeah. yeah. She Everyone's has very... always been the best uh-huh. character, yeah. Yeah. I believe. Um, uh and then John, I gotta, I gotta say, I think, I think you might be the Samantha. Oh wow, group. that's I high think, praise. I think on any other day you wouldn't be a Samantha, but you were out late last night. <laughs> yeah, you were hungover. And, yeah, hey. I mean that was the first thing I learned about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Shippy Shipman have had a couple of uh, late night rendezvous too, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> you big whore. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so Thanks much so for much, yeah, This Appreciate was so much it. fun. Thank you guys. Awesome. I uh, look forward to hearing your thoughts on the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. All right. See you next time. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>